What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Body Bags with Joseph Scott Morgan. My grandmother. Her name was Pearl. Pearl Morgan was her name. And she essentially raised me. Uh, she taught me everything I knew about our family history, um, the history of where our family had come from, the branches of our family that had settled throughout Mississippi and South Louisiana. And I embraced that, even as a small child, learning from her. I, I learned the value of having a meal cooked by her, and certainly now at this stage of my life, I, I miss that almost more than anything I can imagine. And, and her, her kitchen always had a particular life of its own, because that's where the family gathered. Her sisters would come by every day to eat lunch there. She had four of them. 
Her brother couldn't show up because, well, he was a homicide victim, and I was named after him. But my grandmother left something with me that I shall never forget, and that was the soothing, gentle touch of her hand. It, whether it was uh, uh, whether it was me being sick or uh, needing comforting during tough times with my parents not around, but I remember the way her hands looked. I remember the way they felt when she would tell me that everything was going to be okay. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about another grandmother. A grandmother from my hometown of New Orleans, Louisiana. A lady who died quite arguably one of the most brutal deaths that we can possibly imagine. And she was loved by her children and her grandchildren. That lady's name is Linda Fricky. I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and this is Body Matters. Dave, I, I don't normally do this, but I, I kind of gave myself a chill. I, I was sitting here, and I was, I was thinking about my grandmother, and it, it draws up such emotion for me um, that when you live, you live a life that is a good life, and those that are around you love you more than gold. You deserve better than to be robbed of that life and taken away from those who have so much value uh, placed in you and the life that you live and what you've done for them. And I, I could not, uh, I've, I've debated about this case for several weeks. We've talked about it previously. I didn't know if I wanted to cover it, but I just feel compelled to say something because I'm afraid that this is going to be forgotten, and I don't want this to be forgotten because it is so horrible. It is a stain on my hometown, and, and there's a lot that goes on down there that I know it's very dangerous. But this, even, even with all of the violence that weaves itself in and out of New Orleans now, this case, my God, Dave, this case just, it, it stands out. I, I don't know of anything more horrific than that. You know, Joe, so many times uh, in a crime story, it's the killer that gets the attention, not the victim. The victim gets lost in the shuffle. And, you know, you talking about your own grandmother with such respect and love and dignity. And, you know, Linda Fricky has children and grandchildren that speak of her that, that way with love and respect. And at 73 years old, Linda Fricky was carjacked in New Orleans. Prosecutors say it was not a spur-of-the-moment decision. It was a planned crime. Four teenagers, 17-year-old John Honoré, and three girls between the ages of 15 and 17 conspired to steal Miss Fricky's SUV. Each of the four had a role to play in the carjacking. Honoré served as the leader of the gang, the main aggressor, the getaway driver. He pepper-sprayed, punched, kicked, and stomped in the face of a 73-year-old woman. He then is tasked with being the getaway driver. So he drives going down the road, but he sees Linda Fricky as holding on like she doesn't want to let go of her car. She can't let go. Her arm has gotten tangled in to the seatbelt. 
And so Henri is punching and kicking and doing everything he can to get her to fall off the car. She can't fall off the car. After two blocks of dragging the 73-year-old woman down the road, punching, kicking, and screaming at her because she can't get loose, in an effort to get her off the car, he jumps a curb and hits a utility pole guy wire that severs Bricky's arm, freeing her from the SUV. And, and you'll hear our friend Nancy Grace say this sometimes. And it's if you take a criminal law course, even at an undergraduate level, they'll or a constitutional law course, they will use the term um, that an event so shocked the conscience of the court. I submit to you that this was one of those cases that not only shocked the conscience of of Orleans Parish Court and the prosecutor's office, but also it sent shockwaves through the city. And this is a city that, unfortunately, many times is numb to crime. Um, the fact that this this literally made people for for a moment at least stop and draw a breath and, you know, have to do a double take because when you, you know, when you, when you think that things are absolutely horrific, you better hold on because there is always another gear um, that uh, particularly where human depravity comes in. Well, you're talking about a 73 year old victim. You're looking at a victim of all victims, Joe. You're looking at a woman who is doing nothing. To anybody. Nothing, nothing at all. And just breathing. And these are, you know, where this occurred, uh, this was actually uh, a location that um, that I'm, I'm very familiar with in the city. Uh, it, it was near Scott Drive in Bienville. And it's not it's not in the French Quarter, just so everybody understands that. This is what's this area of the city uh, in Atlanta. They call it the middle part of the city Midtown. In New Orleans, they call it Mid City. And so you're not in the central business district. You're not in the Vucare, which is the old term that was used for the French Quarter. Um, you know, you're not in the wealthy area of town where the oil millionaires and the Mannings live and all those. You're, this is truly uh, the original working class area, you know, and the, the streets are laid out in perfect grids. There's a lot of old neighborhoods. There was a huge Italian population. As a matter of fact, um, I wish I could take you here. One of my favorite restaurants in the world is a place called La Uzza's. And La Uzza's is this old-fashioned Italian restaurant um, that I would go to every opportunity that I possibly could. And there's several restaurants down there that make up this area of town um, that, you know, it's seen good times. It's seen bad times. Um, and you know, even when I was there and I, I lived not too far away from where this actually occurred, uh, when I, uh, I first started college, I lived in Midtown myself, my roommate. Um, it was dangerous then I, I was mugged, you know, before in that area, but it's like being in any big city. And, you know, as a young man, I was really shocked now as an older guy, it's like, it's not that shocking. It's going to happen. If you, if you stay in these locations, you run the risk of that happening, but there was nothing like this. It, it just, it, it hadn't, it hadn't happened. And when we begin to kind of fill in the blanks here, I, I think that many of our listeners, Dave, are going to sit back and you're going to scratch your head and you're going to think how, how in the, how in the world could a teenager 
a group of teenagers get to the point where they are so depraved that they're incapable of showing mercy. They're incapable of, of showing mercy, and it, 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 it just boggles the mind. And, and it, let me tell you something else, and it's not just, it's not just the family of Linda Fricky that had to go through this, but Dave, there, there were, there were witnesses. There were witnesses to this event that were screaming out for these carjackers to stop. Just stop. Say, let's back up for just a second yeah. right there. It's a carjacking that takes place in front of witnesses in an area that, as you've described, an area you are intimately familiar with. You know these streets. You know that it's not, uh, not Rodeo Drive. It is a, uh, it, would it be called a rough and tumble neighborhood, Joe? I guess it could be in right. certain areas of Mid-City. Okay. But there's a quaintness to it, too. All right. Now, Linda Fricky is in her car, right? Yes. Driving down the road. There is a group of young people, teens. Uh, the I don't want to call him the leader, uh, John Henri. I'm so glad you explained to me how to, and, how to pronounce his name <laughs> because I thought, what an odd name. There is no honor in this person, John Henri. Yeah. He's 18 years old. He is not. The only person involved, he's the one person who had every opportunity in the world to stop at any time, to stop the madness, but he took the wheel and ran with it from the yeah, very yeah, beginning. Let, let me stop you right here because this is kind of the way the thing went down, and this is what makes it all the more shocking. These four teens were, and it's it's Henri, and it's, it's three compatriots here, and the other three are females. Right. I was going to point out that I don't want to appear sexist, but that doesn't strike me as a normal occurrence. I don't know if it is mathematically. Maybe it is. Maybe there are in big cities all over the United States of America, groups of four people, one guy and three girls committing crimes, uh, physically violent crimes that lead to death. I don't know. It just sounds odd to me. Maybe that's the old sexist in me coming out. Oh, well, I don't think there's anything sexist about it. It's just the reality that people gravitate toward one another and somebody's going to wind up being a leader in that group. And I think that it probably was Henri. But, you know, Linda Fricky had actually gone into a store and she was picking up some items. And just kind of let me let me just kind of set set the the way this looks when when you're in New Orleans it's kind of, I've always compared it to like a miniature um, Manhattan in the sense that there's no off street parking, <laughs> hardly at all. Um, people that live in town are heavily dependent upon public transportation. Um, the streets are old. And if you park, you have to park on the street if you can find a spot. And I've done this many times. You pull up next to the curb. And um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen these in older towns, Dave. The curbs will have, you'll have a poured concrete curb, and along the, the leading edge on the top, there's a metal strip that runs down the length of it to keep the curb intact. Right. And these are everywhere. They're all over the place. Uh, we, we used to call them tire poppers because if you clip the thing, it'll pop your tire. But, and you have to be aware of that. But, Dave, you know they've got CCTV in regards to this, and you can actually see two of the individuals walking down the street heading toward the car. And then you've got a third, and then there's Henri. 
And so Henri actually shows up close to the end, and he accosts Linda. Now, let's just think about it just for a second. You're bent over. Your back is to the sidewalk. You're bent over, and you're putting something in your car. You, look, are you actually thinking you're going to be robbed or carjacked or assaulted? No, that's not what you're thinking. You're thinking, I've been coming here to this area maybe my entire adult life. Nothing's ever happened to me. Or I've got enough situational awareness that I can kind of see my way around. I can tell you at this age of my life, I don't have the same situational awareness that I did when I was 25. I, I just don't. Um, and so you, your skills begin to drop down a little bit, particularly in an urban environment like this. She was essentially attacked while she's in this very vulnerable position. And my friend, I got to tell you, after she was attacked, the initial attack was only the beginning. I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and a big shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing free samples. I live in an area where allergies are a day-to-day issue, and finding an over-the-counter option for relief is like the holy grail. I use Astapro, and I strongly recommend you give it a try. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray, and it's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays can take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Years ago, when I got out of my field full-time, I was diagnosed with PTSD. I had sleep disorder. I had depression. And for me, I had to turn to someone to talk to somebody that could aid me along the path to healing, to restore me to that person that maybe I was at one point in time, to make me better for not just myself, but my family. If you're thinking about therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You can do this anytime that you like. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com bags today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. That's better. H-E-L-P dot Slash bags. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The one thing that's really hard to take the measure of when you're a citizen and you're just going about your everyday life, just pretend for a moment that you're out and you're going for a walk, uh, maybe you're jogging, maybe you're out, you know, taking your dog outdoors so that they can do their business. But just imagine you suddenly, without any provocation, you have no idea that it's going to happen. You look up and arguably the most horrific thing that you've ever borne witness to literally plays out right in front of you. And Dave, that's what actually happened. There, there was uh, a young lady who her and her husband live adjacent to where the carjacking uh, took place, uh, Leanne and Mark uh, Mascar. Uh, Leanne, I think, had been out um, doing some, uh, some running or jogging that's associated with her yoga that she daily does. And she saw, she saw this car going down the road. And can you imagine? She hears a woman. The sound of her voice pierces the air in broad daylight, mind you, in broad daylight and says, please stop, please stop. And when she looks up, Dave, 72-year-old Linda Fricky is being drugged down the road. And the only thing that is keeping her attached to the car is her arm that is trapped in the seat belt. As she's in, they can't even close the door. Henri is driving the car, by the way. Can't even close the door. And this lady that had been out in her yard with her husband actually witnessed this thing occur. And I can't remember. You need to refresh my memory. I can't remember how far was it that that she was drugged. I, I can't recall. I, I think I told you just a second or two ago. Two blocks. Two blocks, and that that's. I don't even know if, if any of us can fathom. I mean, I've certainly stumbled on the sidewalk. I've fallen. I've never had my car slip out of gear and drive away with me attached to it. How much more so can you imagine being trapped in your car and being tra- drug outside of it to, for two blocks? How, how does that even happen? You have to back up to that, too, and realize that before that happened, you mentioned she's leaning over her car to put stuff in her car. Henri gets in and starts beating her. He catches her off guard and is beating her. I can't get past that. I'm having trouble there, Joe, because you've got an 18-year-old man with three girls, and he gets in the car and beats the 73-year-old woman. She can't even get out of the car fast enough before they're going down the road because her arm is stuck, it's hung up in the uh, the the seatbelt sling, and As they're going down the road, you mentioned the weight of the car and and just slipping out of gear for a little bit. I have had that happen. I actually have had, yes. 
and maybe 20 feet. And in that 20 feet, I watched the life go behind. I mean, you know, your life passes because you can't stop. A car is really heavy, friends. And once they get moving, they don't stop. And you're one person. You don't stick your leg out. It's not a go-kart when you're a kid. A car is two tons of moving ballistic missile. And you're talking about getting speed. You're talking about being 73 years old. You've just been beaten up by surprise. And now you're being drugged down the street. You're being drugged. Your arm is the only reason you're not falling off the car is because your arm is hung up. Your legs are dragging your body, your torso. Everything is dragging at some point in time. And the only thing holding you in is the seatbelt that has got your like a sling on your arm. Yeah. Let let me let me stop here and ask you this question. Uh, Just and forgive my language, y'all. But I got to ask this question, my friend, Dave. Dave, do you think that if this had been a grown ass man? Mr. Henri would have attempted to do this. No way. You're, you're talking about a 72, 73-year-old grandma? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're going to attack her from the rear like yeah. this? And, and it takes, you, you got, let's call it a crew, because it is a crew. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a carjacking crew. He's got three others mm-hmm. that don't say, oh, stop, and right. they run away. No, no, no. They pile in. They, they pile in to Linda's car on top of it. Right. And they know. There's a They're plan. Witness as well. He's merely the first one in, but you're right. They all three pile in. They're all equal criminals. The fact that they're not all being treated the same bothers me a lot because you're right, Joe. At no time did any of them say, stop. We can't do this. Stop, please. You're hurting her. Stop. Nobody did. You know, the only people who did that were the people outside horrifically standing by watching this happen, screaming, please stop. While the 73 year old grandma is saying, please stop, please. You know, when you mentioned that a minute ago woman out for her jog after her yoga here's the pleading of a grandma a 73 year old woman being drugged to her death and there's people in the car that could stop it not one of them has the can make it happen it can make it stop an 18 year old man did it yeah and it goes you know it goes back to this idea of you know you begin to think how morally bankrupt would you have to be in order to engage in this kind of behavior where you're not capable of showing any kind of, any kind of, of mercy uh, for for this poor woman, some some level of empathy, because certainly, in a car like this, and it's not a big car, uh, you could certainly hear her screaming. You would have to have an awareness of what happened, but this is what I do know, um, and you know, per the witnesses, the car travels two blocks downrange from where they're stopped, and. Linda's arm is caught in, you know, as you, you, you called it a sling. And I think that's kind of accurate because the belt, and I, I've had this happen before on cases that I've worked, but not like this. These were accidental events. They make no mistake. This is no accident. Right. Um, her arm was caught and it gives the impression that it is caught up to the shoulder and all the while, according to witnesses, her clothing is being twisted as well because she's spinning kind of outside, almost like she's in a tumble dryer. And we have to factor this in as well as she's going over the surface, as she's going over this hard concrete surface, Dave, and it's picking up speed, man. She's bouncing along. She doesn't have the benefit of sitting in a, in a, a car seat. Right. She's not safely buckled in. She's outside the cabin of this car, and every, and trust me, if uh, New Orleans roads are not smooth, 
they're horrible, as a matter of fact, notorious for potholes and bumps, and they're always shifting because everything's below sea level. It's the most uneven environment that you could ever be in. And she's being drugged along the surface. And I can't even imagine what would be going through her mind. But this car is just out of control. Well, it's under his control, under Henri's control, for two blocks. And, and here's the thing. Um, witnesses see this as the car is traveling. The car actually hops the curb, Dave. Hops the curb, and it doesn't stop. He's still got the door open and kicking her in the head. And I'm going to tell you, and I got to tell you, I know you well enough to know this is going to make the blood vessels on the side of your neck poke out. It, he was heard to say, you're going to die screaming. Just let that sink in just for a second. And he's kicking her in the head. So he's, he's assaulting her with his foot, blunt force trauma to the head. We have to think that at least by this time, her shoulder's at least dislocated as he's now hopping the curb. But that's, that's not where this ends. Where it ends is that he passes by, Dave, a utility pole. And if any of us, and many of us can identify with this, you have a utility pole, and they all, they'll have this kind of galvanized steel cable that comes down from them, that kind of anchors them in place. Um, apparently, what had happened is, as the car passed by, it, the utility pole guide wire actually tore her arm off, ripped it away, cut it off. They're saying torn. Along with that, it strips every bit of the clothing off of her body. And she winds up, Dave, you know, we, we, we think about how helpless she was in those moments right before this finality here. And there she is, Dave, lying in the middle of the road, absent an arm, her car disappearing down the road, and she's nude. The force of the scene actually ripped her clothes off. It's a, it's a final indignity, Dave. And for the witnesses, one of these ladies had run back into her home I don't know about you, but I know that it would be me. I'd be frozen in the yard. I couldn't believe what my eyes were telling me. Ran into the home and grabbed a pink cover that she had. She, she called it pink. Ran out beside Linda as she lay in the street, nude. Covered her with, a, with this pink covering and looked at her. And the final thing that Linda Fricky heard was them saying, We're praying for you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. case like this from a forensics perspective you you would believe that we would have a very specific cause of death and i'm sure that many of you all that are listening to dave and i right now are thinking well i I know precisely what killed her well I, i gotta tell you this is such a dynamic event dave that it's one of these things kind of you know kind of uh you make a choice. There's a, there's a list of things that you can kind of call upon to to say what the cause of death is. I wanted to ask you about this because there was a story out of Florida a couple of years ago where a, a police officer uh, was being drugged. He was uh, right, yeah. and he was holding onto the driver's side door as the criminal took off, and and because of body cam footage you could actually see him holding on and from cct cameras how he was able to hold himself up this is a man who's in shape and everything else and uh, what i noticed in that compared to this okay right 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 an in shape police officer wearing his uniform and having shoes and all that that being drug as far as he was which was not a whole lot further than than uh, miss freaky was his shoes the soles had been worn all the way down to the bo- to where it cut into his feet. The asphalt was cut. You could see bone on his feet. That's how bad that is. Holy um, smokes. It showed where other parts where he'd lost his balance briefly and was drugged along the pavement where it scraped skin off. Just, yeah. you know, and it, it ripped clothing first and the skin right with it. I mean, and it right, showed right. his, he was out of work for a year or so 
I'm recovering sure. yeah. from, and he survived. He did not get beaten ahead of time. He did not uh, have his arm tore off. He got, you know, he actually did finally get off the car. But I was thinking about that when, when you were describing what this 73 year old grandmother went through after getting beaten in the car by the 18 year old John Henri beats her and he keeps beating her. That's the whole thing. He keeps beating. She can't get out fast enough. He's beating her and beating her as they're going on the road. She can't get out of his way. She can't, she's hung up in this, uh, the seatbelt. She can't get up. He's still beating her. He's, and the, I, I like pictures of the other three women, they're cheerleading him on. But I'm thinking about that police officer and how the damage that he had to his yeah. legs and feet, how much worse it was for a 73 year old grandmother, not in the best shape of her life. I, you know, I mean, my goodness, I'm not in the shape I was 10 years ago. And all I can picture is when you talk about the neighbor bringing a blanket out, just right after seeing such a horrific thing, at least there is some humanity to leave her with a little sense of dignity about herself in yeah, this and, horrific time. Oh, and you know, I, I was, I'm glad you said this Dave, because I was thinking about this, uh, before we started taping today. And, I remember, you know, there would be days when we would go into the morgue and there would be so many bodies that we would have to do um, many times. You'd walk in and each, you know, you have sometimes you'll, in some of the morgues I worked in, you had multiple tables that were pushed up to the sinks. I think the biggest one I ever worked in, we had like eight bodies on movable trays that were sitting there and each body was waiting um, to be autopsied. And then there were more in the cooler that had to come out and be autopsied that day. So you would just start going down the line. And in that environment, it is, it's, it gets, it, it gets, re, there's redundancy with it. it. There's tedium with it sometimes. But Dave, even, even in that environment, you would stand over, you know, Miss Fricky's remains and you would look at them and this would give even the most hardened medical legal personnel pause because as you 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 see her laid there before you and the trauma that she had sustained um you mentioned the police officer down in florida and this is an excellent point uh, linda would have had what's referred to as road road rash literally mm -hmm. you people hear that and they don't really know what it is but it's a uh when you're on this this surface and you can imagine like a poured asphalt or or, uh, you know, some kind of cement surface and you're being drug across it, you're going to have these deep, you're going to have superficial and you're going to have even deeper abraded areas where your skin is actually being peeled off. And the dynamics of this event, Dave, it sounds as though, man, that she is almost spinning on her axis, you know, like this. So it's not just going to be like on the back or on the side or on the abdomen, you're going to have evidence of this because they went for two blocks and she's, she's alive. She's alive. That's, remember, remember what I said? They said they heard her say, please stop, please. She's begging for her life. That was one of the things that came up in court. You could have stopped anytime, anytime, anytime this, you could have stopped in the car. When you realized it was an old woman, you could have stopped. Yeah. Any of the three women could have could have jumped out said stop they could have stopped anything could have happened that didn't happen and that's where you want to know where evil lives yeah in the heart of this soul that could do this yeah yeah uh i i don't know you know i you know you think uh well if he has a grandma would he have done this to his grandma yeah uh you know and, and that that gives you pause um but when 
an, an interesting point was made. You remember how I mentioned the lady that came out with a blanket? Right. Dave, yeah, it was to, uh, Yeah, to, to try to aid her. One of the things that she recalled, and this is very powerful, she sits there and she says, uh, I, I was looking at her, I was thinking, where's the blood? Because the one thing she did recognize that I'm revealing right now is that Linda's arm, along with her clothing, had been torn away, torn away. And you would think that you would see a copious amount of blood pouring from her body. Even even if she was not still alive, there is a report that said that she was not deceased immediately, that there, you know, she's still there. And, and they literally watched her pass away in the middle of this dirty street in mid-city New Orleans. And, you know, they're hovering over her, telling her that we're, we're praying for you. But her arm was actually torn away, but she wasn't presenting with a lot of blood. And, you know, this, this trial, the sentencing just has wrapped up, and we'll get to that in a moment for Henri. The other individuals, the other three individuals, have previously been sentenced because they pled guilty immediately. Mm-hmm. Not Henri. Not Henri. He did not. He did not. He wanted to go to trial, and his trial wound up lasting one day. But the pathologist for the Orleans Parish Coroner's Office testified in this case, Dave. And let me, if, if you'll permit me, just let me tell you what her primary injuries were. First off, they classified her death, the immediate cause of death, as blunt force injuries or blunt force trauma. And that does make sense because she's being pummeled, you know, going down the road being drugged along, but her, her aorta is torn, which is, if you'll think about your heart, the position of your heart off of the very top of your heart, the largest vessel in the human body, the root of it is in the top of the heart. Essentially it comes off and kind of arches down. Um, one of the things we look for at autopsy and particularly in car accidents is the most fragile part of the aorta is what's referred to as the aortic arch. It's very fragile. So where it actually makes the curve where it's going to drop down and travels down the spine and then eventually splits into the femoral arteries and all that, that's one of the most fragile spots, particularly in car accidents or blunt force trauma to the chest. And so you can get this ripping that takes place there. Um, and in addition to that, um, Linda suffered a fractured collarbone. Makes sense. If you're driving up on a curb and she's being drugged along, you can imagine. I've broken my collarbone before. Very painful. She also had multiple fractured ribs, which again goes along with blunt force trauma where she's being banged around. And then finally, uh, she had uh, fractured uh, vertebral bodies as well. So she's, all of this is is occurring, this dynamic is occurring all in her upper body. That doesn't mean there's not injuries to her lower body. But back to the aorta, remember what I said about the the lady not seeing any blood? You recall that when she got there and she's looking down. Can you imagine looking down and you see this location where Linda's arm used to be? You know, the one that used to hold her grandchildren. And she's thinking, I can only imagine there's, there's no blood here. And I think personally, that the reason she didn't see a lot of blood is probably due to the fact that she had this ruptured aorta. And when you get a ruptured aorta and your heart is still pumping, 
your chest cavity is literally filling up with blood. Now this, to me, if you're, if you're, if you're seeking some shred of comfort or mercy, when you hear this horrible tale of Linda's death, you're thinking that if the aorta is compromised, if it's blown out or torn, perhaps, just perhaps, she's sinking away. She's sinking away and she's losing consciousness. She didn't have to feel the pain because I can tell you, Dave, I don't know of anything that could potentially be more painful than this with these multiple broken bones and certainly an arm that's been torn away. Okay. I'm thinking where you said there was the woman didn't see blood. She's expecting to see blood. I expect to see blood. Then you mentioned the aorta. So the blood is in the chest cavity, but it's not going to come out from where the arm, it's not going to come out from other parts of the body that have been damaged. Is it because the blood isn't, the heart's not pumping that, anymore. It's yeah, just that, can't come out. Right. That's, that's my wow. theory. And, and what happens that is, actually makes sense though, Joe, it really does. Yeah. I couldn't figure that out when you told me earlier that the question was, where's the blood? She covered her with a pink blanket, but yeah. where's the blood? And that with that, whatever that tear was in her aorta is pumping out blood First off, it'll go into the pericardial sac, perhaps, that surrounds the heart, uh, and that's called a, uh, a tamponade. Uh, but if, it, if other elements within the anatomy are ripped away, that her chest would be filling with blood. Her lungs would literally be floating in blood. And, you know, when you do a case like this and you open the body at autopsy, um, it is not uncommon to see the lungs actually floating in the chest in blood. And um, this is one of the reasons, like when you, if, if you've ever seen somebody that has to go into the emergency room and they have what's referred to as like a flail chest, like uh, blunt impact in a car accident, one of the things that will occur is that uh, in between, in the intercostal spaces, in the, um, uh, in the chest, that's the, the muscle in between the ribs, they'll cut a hole in there and they'll put a tube and the tube will drain out all of that blood because one of the things that happens is that you're suffocating uh, because your your lungs can't expand to take on more air. And, of course, they'll have to surgically repair this if it's possible. Aorta is a very tricky thing. So you would have to have a cardiothoracic surgeon standing by right there in order to facilitate this to save her life. Um, and my only hope here, Dave, is that is that she didn't feel any any more pain um, than she had already, I'm hoping that she didn't suffer is what I'm saying any more than, than she had to, because God knows, uh, her family suffered, her family suffered and you know, those people that bore witness to this suffered. When it comes down to having to make a decision on, uh, what cause of death really was, yeah. um, do you have to go through each injury and kind of build a timetable of, when it took place so that you can get to, because you can certainly suffer a lot, um, a lot of injuries in a, a, in like this. I mean, you, you're suffering injuries when you're getting beaten in the front of the car. Any one yes. of those, any one of those shots to her head or body could have been, a could have caused her death. Right. Right. And I'm just wondering, do you have to build that timeline of injury from the very first injury to the very last one and decide which one of these was the fatal one or how many were fatal, I guess. This is a fantastic question because in forensics, one of the things that investigators will ask us to do is sequence injuries. You know, what, what injuries came first? 
But from our perspective in our analysis from a scientific standpoint, we're thinking um, which injuries are the most impactful. What's going to have the highest probability of bringing about death? What What is the most catastrophic thing that she suffered? And I'm, I'm very interested in the fact that the aorta was listed. And I, I'm not surprised because out of all of my years of working in the morgue and certainly investigating cases out on the streets, um, aortas are one of those things that is, it's almost a hundred percent surety that you're going to die. If you can't be medevaced in some way to a hospital that has the level of treatment, trauma treatment that would be available, uh, that could stem this, you don't have any chance whatsoever of surviving. And certainly that's the case with Linda Fricky. But do they know when that happened? Do they know when that happened? Because I know it we've w- got video. We have video of the beating right. that took place in the car. We've got different camera angles going from the very beginning to the end, which is, I cannot imagine right. how horrific that was and is for the family, as well as you've mentioned the witnesses several times. And I'm glad sometimes we forget that, yeah, family hurts. Those closest hurt. But when you're a part of something, you cannot affect change. You cannot help this person. It's done. And you're just what you become a victim of the crime by extension. Yes. And I'm just curious, you know, in that we get to see all of this as you put it together. Could that have happened early on or at the end? I think that I think that if you're this could be one of two things. This could either be what's referred to as a torquing or torsion injury where she's twisted to the point that the aorta would tear. My suspicion is, is that she probably sustained literal blunt force trauma. Perhaps if people at home will put your, your fingertips right on top of your sternum, like really near the top, that approximates the area where your aorta sits. So she was impacted, say for instance, on that curb, when he jumped the curb, that could be when this started. And remember her arm was not according to what the witnesses were saying, was not torn away until after he hit that post or after he hit that guide wire, I guess is how we could actually call it. And it was clipped away and her clothing was all twisted up in there along with the arm as well. Um, and, and so, but yeah, to say that it actually happened at this precise moment, that I think that that would be very, very difficult. It's not, you know, if you had somebody... Like if you had a static event with like a shooting and you had it on video and you could see the shooting where somebody's actually struck in the chest and they died and you opened their body and they were clipped in the order, you could say it then. But everything so, even though we have CCTV footage, you can't see what's going on internally. And they were not able to appreciate that until they got her to the morgue, even though you knew that it was going to be bad based on what you were seeing externally. So what happens now, Joe, when you have something like this, where it gets to this point where you're, you, you, you've got this laundry list of medical issues. When you go to court, do you have to explain all of these things to a jury so they understand? Do they have to know what happened from the very beginning of the attack till the very end? Or can you game plan it differently? No, I, I think in this case, and my understanding, this is what the prosecutor did. They laid this thing out very, very 
precisely. And the two key witnesses here are going to be those eyewitnesses, the the man and the woman. There were other ones, but there were two in particular that are constantly quoted in the news. And of course, the forensic pathologist. I think that the fact that such horror could be painted and I can only imagine, and maybe I'm just kind of projecting here, but when that forensic pathologist begins to give her testimony in this trial, and that is coupled with what the eyewitnesses saw, can't you just see that jury cutting their eyes over there at that table where Henri is sitting? Because I can tell you, a lot of those, the jury members, probably the lion's share, many people don't leave New Orleans. They're New Orleanians through and through. These people have lived. They're very familiar with this area of town. It's not like New Orleans is this gigantic place. They know where Mid-City is. Uh, they they know where Scott Boulevard is, all right? Uh, they know where Bienville is. Just like and, you did when you were explaining it to me. Even though you've been gone from there for years, yeah, you were able to t- explain to me where we were talking about. And, and that, that's, that's part of being from New Orleans uh, and understanding the – uh, the fine detail because they know all those people in the jury, they know what the streets are like. They know what those curbs are like. Uh, they know what violence is like. They've borne witness to it or had family members, but I don't know that any of them walked into that court thinking that they were going to see something so barbaric. And that's really the only way, um, I think, you know, one level, this would make Romans blush. Uh, you know, when you think about what that neighborhood had to bear witness to with Miss Fricky's murder, and in this particular case, I think that I'm hoping, Dave, and I try to really be very positive about these sorts of things because, look, I could I could chime in and be just as negative as everybody else. I'm hoping that Miss Fricky's death will actually be a moment in time where people will look back and say, we can do better than this. We're going to do better than this. We're going to keep control over our kids. We're going to know where they're at. And we're going to try to teach them right from wrong because I got to tell you, Dave, if this is the direction that we're all going in, it's very, very grim. Uh, I think that it's important to note that John Henri was actually found guilty after a one-day trial of second-degree murder. And he has been sentenced to spend at least the next 25 years in prison in Angola. The only reason he was spared the death penalty was that he was 17 years old when he committed this homicide. I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and this is Body Matters. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's better h e l p.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 